you know, I knew when the playoffs started that I should have put money down at the beginning of the season on the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. I just knew it. I just knew it. Now, granted, I probably was still lost money because I was predicting at the beginning of the season a Chiefs-Eagles rematch. For whatever reason, I didn't think the 49ers were going to make it this far. But they did. So, and they came within a defensive stop away from basically winning the whole thing. So, this is Sports Central, part of the Closing Tag Network. And before I get started on my Super Bowl uh, recap or thoughts or whatnot, let's do a quick check-in on our buddies. And I'm sure Pistons fans will be happy to hear all zero of them that are actually listening to this podcast that the Detroit Pistons are going to avoid being the worst team in NBA history. They are right now eight wins, 44 losses, which means even if they were to lose every game from here on out, they would still not be the worst team in NBA history. Barely, but they'll at least avoid it. I suspect they'll at least win win one or two more games before the season's over. And if you're wondering about Doc Rivers, his record with the Milwaukee Bucks is now a paltry 2-5. and five. So there's your watch for the day. So, before I get started on that, let me do something very quickly here. Yes, I am fully aware. I'll be doing that after I'm done recording. Thank you. So, the Super Bowl was last night. And if you're one of the people that... uh, participated in one of those ridiculous drinking games like every time Taylor Swift appears take a shot life sucks right now I get it I've been hung over many times in my day just drink Gatorade wait until about five to eat something and try not to gorge out too much Because remember, you did eat a little bit too much last night, too. Or at least I did. So, if you like defense, last night was awesome. I happen to like defense. I thought last night was awesome. The score at half was San Francisco 10, Kansas City 3. And... There were a number of streaks that were broken uh, last night. There was a streak of most consecutive postseason passes made without an interception. Uh, Patrick Mahomes tied for third, I think it was, all time for most amount of postseason passes made without an interception. Unfortunately, that that streak ended on an interception. The 
what was the other one that I saw? I'm going to rack my head about that for the rest of the podcast. I know I am. But the main takeaway was that the 49ers, at least at the beginning of the game, looked like they were the more prepared game were more prepared team. And then Patrick Mahomes remembered he was Patrick Mahomes. Now, granted, he didn't go for like 400 yards and five touchdowns in the second half or anything like that, but he did start, you know, connecting a little bit more with guys like Rashid Rice and Isaiah Pacheco. It also helped that Isaiah Pacheco actually stopped fumbling the ball after halftime. And Travis Kelsey, of course, you know, doing what he does. A friend was joking last night after the game, like, so how long before the Taylor Swift pregnancy announcement start happens? It's like, I don't know if I should be joking about that. But I guess if ever there was a time, it would be this time. I mean, we are in this little weird space between the end of the Super Bowl and Valentine's Day. So, you know, anything can happen. It also helped that the, uh, you know, the running game actually started taking off a little bit. Kind of going back to the Isaiah Pacheco thing. Now, what ended up happening was Pacheco, I think, fumbled the ball twice. Granted, the first time, the Chiefs recovered it, so it was like a no big deal. But then the second time, it was a huge turnover. um, And the 49ers ended up capitalizing on that. I think it was like only a field goal, but still. But it was pretty ugly. It was pretty messy. Uh, there were a number of players that ended up getting hurt. I chalked that up like Tony Roma did, uh, on commentary to just these guys have been playing just nonstop from September to, what is it, February 11th. So there was a lot of, you know, fatigue and just bodies wearing down and everything. Plus, on the Chiefs' side especially, you have to take into consideration a lot of those players are holdovers from their last Super Bowl run, which was last year. So you're basically playing, what is it? January, February. So five straight months of football, two years in a row. This is one of the reasons why nobody's ever three-peated before. This is why so many teams do a repeat and then either fall just short on the third year or just completely fall off. And unfortunately for Chiefs fans, I think the same thing's going to happen next year with the Chiefs. I just don't know how much they're going to be able to carry over. It all depends on who comes back. We know Mahomes is coming back. There's no, I mean, he may have cemented himself as a future Hall of Famer last night with that performance. Also, by the way, three-time Super Bowl MVP if you need him. 
I don't know about Kelsey. He may decide, you know what? I want to be there for my uh, Taylor. I've got money. She's got money. I've got my health. She's got my health. Or she's got her health, rather. There's no point in risking any of that. So I'm going to step away. He may end up doing that. Uh, Andy Reid, who's now won three Super Bowls in eight appearances, may decide to step away. I don't know. Right now, I'm not sure they know. I'm not sure anybody in the Kansas City Chiefs organization knows what Andy Reid or Travis Kelsey or anybody else on that team wants to do or is going to do. But that doesn't even take into consideration the financial aspects. Keep in mind, a lot of these guys, especially Sneed, the cornerback for the Chiefs, um, probably made themselves quite a bit of money with their performances last night. Chris Jones, we already know that he's a beast. Uh, we already knew Travis Kelsey was a beast. But guys like Rasheed Rice, Isaiah Pacheco, Sneed, those guys probably just earned themselves a pretty nice paycheck. And unfortunately for the Chiefs, there's only so much cap space to pass around. And a huge chunk of that is already going to the quarterback. So it's going to be interesting to see what the Chiefs do. I just don't know if it's going to be enough to do a three-peat. But then again, a lot of people didn't think that they were going to get this far. Now, if you didn't watch the game, what ended up happening was after halftime, after it was 10-3, uh, the Chiefs ended up scoring a field goal, so it made it 10-6, and then they scored a touchdown, which made it 13-10 uh, Chiefs. The... 49ers then came back and scored a touchdown to make it 16-13, but the kicker ended up missing the field goal, or miss it, ended up missing the extra point. Uh, it came off the side of his foot, so instead of, you know, flush on right through the uprights, it went right into one of the hands of the defenders who was trying to block it and ended up blocking it. So it ended up going 16-13, and then it was basically field goal hell from there. It was like 16-16, and it was 19-16 49ers, and it was 19-19, and went into overtime. 49ers kicked a field goal 22-19, and then Patrick Mahomes basically remembered he was Patrick Mahomes, and led the Chiefs on this insane drive all the way from their own 25, all the way down for a touchdown, ball game, Super Bowl, thanks for coming. So, yeah, that was probably the most entertaining overtime I've ever seen in a Super Bowl. Certainly more entertaining than what the Patriots did. 
all those years ago when they came back from 28-3. So where do the 49ers go from here? I think most of the guys that were there this year are going to be back. I don't know if they're going to lose guys like they're obviously not losing Purdy. Brock Purdy's going to be there regardless. But I don't think they're going to lose Kyle Shanahan. I don't think they're going to lose Christian McCaffrey. They're going to roll out the bat, the Brinks truck for that guy. A lot of their defense may end up going away, but they've got a good defensive coordinator. And since all the head coaching positions are now filled, I don't see him going anywhere. Uh, I don't see the defensive coordinator for the Chiefs going anywhere. So as long as the coaches are still where they're going to be, I think both teams are going to be just fine. Now, in terms of some of the other news that's going around uh, in the NFL, uh, oh, by the way, a Harbaugh is now on the Seattle Seahawks coaching staff. No, 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 not John, not John, no. He's, he's still the head coach for the Ravens. And no, not Jim. He is going to be the head coach for the Chargers. No, I believe it. his name's James Harbaugh. But he is the son of Jim Harbaugh. And he was on the Michigan coaching staff uh, with Harbaugh when they won the national championship. Uh, he is now going to be the special teams coordinator. For the Seahawks, and I think that's an excellent way to start uh, your path on the NFL coaching circuit. You know, kind of get your toes dipped in the water a little bit, make sure the water's fine. But they also hired uh, Brian Grupp, who was the offensive coordinator for the Washington Huskies, the same Huskies that lost to Michigan in the national championship he was set to be the offensive coordinator for the i want to say the either the washington red command team or the carolina panthers one of those teams out east he was set to be the offensive coordinator there. No, no, no. I think what I think remember what it was is he was set to take a coaching position with Alabama, University of Alabama, fuck tide. And he ended up uh, backing out the last minute and taking the offensive coordinator position with the Seahawks instead. Funny how karma seems to work, isn't it? Because remember what ended up happening with uh, Nick Saban. Nick Saban was the head coach for Miami. And he kept telling reporters, no, 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 I'm not going to ditch the Dolphins and go take a position with the Alabama Crimson Tide. No, 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 those are just upsubstantiated rumors. And then two weeks later, he's doing a press conference in Birmingham and accepting the head coaching position with Alabama. And as they say, the rest is history. So 
yeah, karma seems to have a nice way of coming back to bite you, doesn't it? But speaking of karma, let's talk about the Denver Broncos. Yeah. So Denver, 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 Denver. They, well, Sean Payton specifically, the head coach, might be in a little bit of trouble with the NFL Players Association. According to the Players Association and a grievance filed by quarterback Russell Wilson, the Broncos could be in violation of contract tampering. Now, if you remember what happened towards, you know, by week and going the rest of the season, Russell Wilson was um, coerced or he, he was basically given an ultimatum by the Broncos and specifically Sean Payton. And the ultimatum was, we need you to reconstruct your contract so that you're not guaranteed XYZ amount of money in the event that you're unable to pass a physical, or we're going to sit you out for the rest of the season. Obviously, as you already know, and I've already talked about on this podcast, Russell Wilson chose the latter. And I don't know, honestly, if that was the wisest move for the Broncos. I get what why they did it financially. I get why they made that decision. I just don't know if it was a smart decision long term. Because if you really think about it, the NFL Players Association stepping in and saying this is fucked up and we're here to tell you that it's fucked up is probably not a good sign for the Broncos and their ability to attract free agents. Yeah, I I don't see this being a good thing for the Broncos and specifically Sean Payton. I don't know. Obviously, Russell Wilson's done in Denver. He's not coming back. They're either going to trade him or just cut him. My guess, they're just going to cut him. Because nobody's going to want to touch that contract. So they end up cutting him. He ends up going to, like, say, Minnesota or Washington or Atlanta or some other bullshit. And... Now they're scrambling for quarterback. Now they're scrambling to find a new quarterback. There's a lot of good quality quarterbacks that are coming out in the draft. And Denver's got the fourth overall pick. So I don't suspect that they're going to have too much trouble, especially if Caleb Williams ends up forcing the Bears to not draft him or trade their pick. I don't buy that that's what's going to happen, but... You never know. So what does that mean for their offensive line, though? What does that mean for the wide receivers? What does that mean for their defense? 
keep in mind the Broncos calling card pretty much this entire John Elway regime has been their defense. In the last couple of years, their defense has just been putrid. I mean, the defense from their Super Bowl years would have never allowed 70 points scored on them by the Miami Dolphins. Never would have happened. But it happened this year. So, I don't know if this move by Peyton and the coaching staff telling Russell Wilson, hey, do this or this happens. I don't know if that's going to go over very well with free agents that are that may be looking at Denver versus like, say, Washington or Miami or Dallas or one of these other teams. I just don't see how Denver's going to do anything. So if I were to pick, I mean, it's February and we just barely got done with the Super Bowl. Free agency hasn't even started yet. And we are still in the midst of draft season. Like the draft isn't for at least a couple more months. But if I had to venture a guess as to who the worst team in the NFL is going to be next year, I think it's going to be the Denver Broncos. And I think Sean Payton is going to be exposed this coming season. I just don't, I don't see how he's going to be able to recover from this. I mean, he put a personal vendetta and call it everything that he did over the last 12 months, whatever you want. I'm calling it a personal vendetta against Russell Wilson for whatever reason. He doesn't like the guy. He hasn't liked the guy since day one. And I just don't see how he's going to be able to recover from putting a personal vendetta against somebody over his job. Your job as a head coach, regardless of what level, regardless of what sport, regardless of whatever line of Whatever field of work that you want to throw out there, your job as the manager or as the head coach is basically to say, look, I know you and I do not get along, but we need to come to a common ground for the betterment of the company, for the betterment of the team. Sean Payton failed to do that. And it's going to come back to haunt him. Is it going to make him persona non grata like apparently Bill Belichick is these days? I don't know. All I know is right now there is a major youth movement in the NFL. 
practically every coach in the NFL these days, just about, is getting younger and younger and younger and younger. There are some coaches in the league right now that are younger than the players that they're coaching. And for whatever reason, it's working. Maybe it's because they're more relatable. Maybe it's because they're, you know, speaking their language, speaking their lingo. I don't know. But for whatever reason, the younger coaches are being more successful, more successful, even more successful. Never mind that Andy Reid is one of the oldest coaches in the league right now. And he just won his third Super Bowl in five years. Never mind that fact. But in any event, I don't see Sean Payton sticking around in Denver for much longer. And I don't see Denver doing really much of anything this year. So... Whatever the case is, whatever is going on with that organization, it's going to be very interesting to see, A, what comes of this grievance that's filed within the NFL Players Association, if anything at all, and B, how this is going to affect the Broncos' ability to recruit free agents. So... I'm going to save my NBA thoughts for another time because, yeah, there's some crazy shit going on, buyout-wise. Buyout Apparently, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie got bought out, which makes a lot of sense considering the Raptors are doing what they're doing. And he's now on his way to Los Angeles to play for the Lakers. Great. Another warm body for LeBron to throw under the bus when everything inevitably fails. Oh yes, I will have thoughts. But in the meantime, if you want to donate to the podcast, there is a link to the blogs in the description of this particular episode. Just follow the uh, donation button. That's in the upper right-hand corner of the screen. If you're viewing it on mobile, you'll want to hit the hamburger button or hamburger menu, and that pulls up the list of podcasts, and there should be a donation button there. If you are watching or listening to this on Spotify, leave a review. I like reviews. Reviews are nice. Facebook, like, share, and comment. YouTube, like the video. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the bell for notifications. That way, you get notified every time there's a new video, like this one. And I want to thank everyone for listening, for watching, for downloading, for donating, for doing everything you can to help this podcast grow. Your efforts are not going unnoticed. I see those views going up. I love it. Please keep it up. Please and thank you. And don't mind the change in scenery. I just kind of reorganize things around here a little bit. Because I can. And because I realize that having a messy background is probably not very professional. So 
we're, we're going with a more professional look on this podcast, if you will. So, and don't think for one second I've forgotten about the other podcasts. I'm just, this past week's been crazy. And if I'm not mistaken, I think my phone just vibrated a little bit to let me know that it's about to get crazier. So on that note, thank you. Take care. And remember to include your closing tax. Thank you.